D Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales. They are in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips. I am dying to get to a Sport Clips. I have no idea how people are cutting their hair these days, but uh, I am struggling. I need a haircut. My wife offers. I continually say no. Um, Darren, <laughs> welcome in. It's good to see you. It looks like you're getting haircuts, so you're just showing off at this point. Well, I sort of had a sense of the most recent shutdown. So I got in there with a quickness and said, cut it even shorter than you normally do, because I have a feeling it's going to be a little while. So I was plenty prepared based on where we are. So yeah, we'll just let it flow a little bit. There's a reason why they make all sorts of hats and stuff. And Jordan, you mentioned Chula Vista, three punk Gales being in Chula Vista. You know who else is in Chula Vista? Um, I believe, hmm, let's think. There's a lot of things in Chula Vista. There's some people that I really admire in Chula Vista. There's some places in Chula Vista. There's some really good food in Chula Vista. Which way are we going here? Well, uh, I think we are going right to one of Chula Vista's sons, you know, right to the pride of Chula Vista. And that would be one of our favorites here. And I think the last time that you and I saw him was in Chula Vista. It would have been January. Is this right? January of 2020? that we saw the U.S. men's national team training at the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista? Nope, that's not right. Okay, well, we can see him. He can see us. Those that are listening can't see anybody. But one of our favorites here has always been Paul Ariola, who's with D.C. United, who is called up again by the U.S. men's national team, who's modern day's own, Chula Vista's own Paul Ariola, who we got to know from his days at Club Tijuana, who's joining us on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. That was not January of 2020. Was that actually before that? Yeah, January of, uh, I believe, 2019. Oh, shit, man. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, listen, time flies, right? So how are you, Paul? Absolutely good. How about you guys? We're hanging in, dude. We're still doing the pandemic thing. We're doing the podcast, and we're just making it happen. You're in Chula Vista now, huh? Yeah, I'm here. I've been here. Um, a couple months now, um, obviously there was a national team camp that we had, um, last month that, that I went away for, for a little bit and, and came back and been, just kind of been hanging out at home. Uh, obviously, like you said, not doing too much, um, some outdoor activity, but you know, other than that, just kind of relaxing and uh, getting ready for this, for this, uh, upcoming camp. Okay, well, hold on a second now, because Jordan just talked about how he's not able to get a haircut. He needs one. Sport Clips is one of our sponsors here. For those that are going to be watching clips from our Zoom interview and our Zoom podcast, somebody's giving Paul a haircut. What, what are you, what's your secret here? You got a, a prohibition <laughs> haircut or you got somebody in the house? What's the deal? Um, we'll just say a close, close acquaintance somewhere around <laughs> here cutting my hair every once in a while. I actually... I actually just got a haircut today for the first time in about a month. So uh, not too often, but obviously going to camp and being, being away for, for a month is tough. So I had to at least get one and go real short. And like you said, let it grow, let it grow for a little while. <laughs> Paul, there's, uh, there's so much to catch up on in 2020, obviously, for everyone. Um, it's been a while since we, we spoke with you. Clearly it's 2019, not 2020. Um, a lot has happened with you. Um, I love the moment that you're able to get back with the U.S. men's national team and score in your first match back from a, from a major injury, an ACL injury, especially in soccer. It's a major injury for you to come back, score. I, that's kind of just where I want to – that's one of my first questions for you. What's that moment? What, what was going through your mind when you finally saw it uh, hit the net, when you made that return? 
Yeah, I um, first of all, it was it was it was a really special moment. Um, you know, I I think even even more looking back on it, even though it was just um, you know, a little I guess a little over a month ago. Um, you know, it was I was I was very calm um before the game you know and and i'm not quite sure if i you know i'm not quite sure if it was the preparation or or you know the the confidence that i had been given i i had talked to greg leading into camp you know i i talked to him throughout the the process of of my recovery and kind of constantly keeping him informed and you know we had talked about um you know there there was there was always a reason why i was going to touch the field in, in in 2020 for dc united uh, and me being a part of the national team was a huge part of that. Uh, you know, being able to show uh, the staff that I can be, you know, in a competitive match and uh, get some minutes uh, was a confidence booster for me, as well as giving the national team confidence to be able to call me in um, to, you know, to have, have a real look at me. Um, and after about the second day of, of the, you know, the, the December camp, um, we were chatting a little bit and he kind of started to laugh and, he said, man, he said, I don't know if you were, uh, you know, underplaying yourself or you were just lying to me about you not, not knowing if you were going to be able to kind of hang in there with the guys. Um, and that was a huge, that was a huge confidence, um, booster because obviously he said I had looked great and looked normal and, and, you know, was flying as far as fitness wise. Um, and you know, that was great. So I think leading into the game, it, it had just been a really good week, um, uh, of, of training and, and kind of getting back into the groove of things. And, you know, going into the game, I was real calm, um, you know, ready, obviously there, there, there was, I think like maybe 2,500 fans or something like that. Um, which was nice considering, you know, no one has really had any fans throughout, throughout this year, um, in, in multiple sports. So, uh, for me, I, you know, it, it was a special moment, uh, looking back on it and, and, uh, you know, as well to kind of be able to get the, the opening goal and then, uh, you know, the floodgates open up after that and, and, you know, being able to just kind of be myself. It was, it was a real, it was a real special night for me. Paul, uh, I think all of us were, were heartbroken for you. You know, when we find out that you, you tear your ACL, right? Like even in modern days where, you know, there's so much advanced medicine now and, you know, this has become, I don't want to say routine, but, you know, we hear about torn ACLs and all the sports. What, what's the process like for you? I mean, mentally, I'm sure it messes with you physically, you know, just to get back to that point where you put yourself in a position where you can score against El Salvador the way you did. What's that, what's that process like? Can you walk us through what rehab is like and surgery? And, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that was your first time going through it. What was it like? It was definitely, it was definitely uh, you know, a challenging moment uh, in my career, in my life. Um, you know, especially at, at, you know, prior to the pandemic, right. It, you know, 2020 was a huge year, uh, internationally. And, um, I had just begun contract negotiations with DC United and, and, uh, coming off a couple good seasons with DC United where, where, you know, I felt really good leading into to 2020 and to kind of have it taken away from me, uh, in the moment, uh, pre pandemic was, was scary. You know, I remember just, I had no clue that I had really torn my ACL, uh, when it, when it first happened, I just remember falling and thought I had pulled my hamstring. Cause I immediately felt, it almost felt like my hamstring muscle had torn and, and just kind of like stayed behind the back of my knee. Um, it was like kind of a sharp shooting pain for about 20 seconds. And after that, I remember, you know, the two trainers coming out to me 
kind of feeling me around. Uh, the pain had kind of went away and I went to get up and they were helping me limp over. And I could only, I only remember thinking, you know, this is, I'm going to miss, you know, a month, the, the first month of the season, you know, with a, with a pull, you know, with a torn hamstring. Um, my hamstring had been tight prior to that. So I'm thinking, man, I should have just not played, you know, I should have just been a, been not a macho man and just, you know, sit it out and say that my hamstring feels a little tight. Uh, and I didn't realize until maybe 15 minutes later, uh, that my coach had kind of walked over to me and, um, Ben Olson, who was, was the coach at the time he had gone through a lot of surgeries himself. And he kind of started naming off all the, all the ligaments in the knee and, uh, I remember the, the trainer looking at him and giving him like a, one of those nods, like he, he knew what it was. Um, and I just remember my coach giving me a hug. And at that point I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is it. You know, like I, I had no clue. I just did my knee. Um, and from then on it was, you, you just kind of has have to grasp it, right. Understand it and accept it. And the quicker that you can accept it and the quicker that you can get over the fact that you, that what just happened actually happened to you, you can move on to the recovery process and get better. And as a, as, as a professional athlete and, and in the environment that you're in constantly, you were, you know, I, I, that night I was doing, um, you know, exercises, I was doing, um, uh, you know, obviously icing a lot, uh, anti-inflammatories. I did an, I did an, uh, uh, an MRI the, the next morning and got the confirmation and went from there, you know, and try to get surgery as, as quickly as possible. Obviously I, I, I had to choose which kind of graft I would do to, to do the surgery, but, um, I felt really confident in it. And I think I did it on a, uh, I think I did it on a Saturday, uh, Saturday or a Sunday and, uh, the following Monday I, I, or yeah, the following Monday I was in for surgery. Um, mm. so I, you know, I, we did it really quick and, and from then on, it was just, you know, it was just a journey. It was just, how can we, how can I get better? How can I, you know, you hear people talk about getting stronger and coming back stronger than you were before. And it's hard, it's hard to, to believe that, you know, in the beginning where you've just gone under and you can't walk, uh, you know, you, you can't do many things for yourself. And, uh, you know, you just have to believe and you just have to go one day at a time. Uh, I went to rehab. I had, I had surgery on a Monday. I got, I, I started my rehab process on a Wednesday, the, the Wednesday, two days later, uh, oh. with small movements. Um, and then the pandemic hit, which was a blessing in my soccer career, uh, obviously for nothing else, but, um, you know, that really put everyone on hold. And I think I was really able to get through the, the mental, the mental aspect of it was a lot easier than I think anyone could have experienced. I think if, um, you know, I, I I've seen, and I've heard so many people having a tough time mentally getting through it because, uh, they're constantly watching their team play and train and they're not, a, they don't feel a part of their team. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go through that. The first three months, um, no one was together. And I, and I felt like I was gaining, gaining ground. Right. And they kept push, uh, postponing events, obviously national team, nations league, uh, they started to postpone the MLS season and that really gave me a confidence booster. Like, Hey, I can really get back in 2020, uh, for, for, for my club and for the national team. And, um, you know, that was the way that I just saw it, you know, one day at a time. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't rush at all. I, I know that for a fact. And, um, the trainer who did my rehab process, it was, it was, a, it was an amazing time and an ama amazing experience. Um, and you know, that, that's something that, that, you know, that that's part of my identity now 
uh, is this year that I just had um, along with everyone else. Damn. Yeah, Paul, I, it's something I can't relate to having to go through a rehab like that and, and an injury like that. It's, I would imagine it takes a lot more than just you, the individual, to overcome it the way you have. Once you get over the shock, Paul, and it sounds like that was a really important part for you, getting over the shock element of it and getting right back to rehab, who were some of the people that really helped you through it over the course of the months? Yeah, I mean, clearly, obviously, you know, my, my girlfriend who, um, you know, we lived together and, and you know, she, she was always there. And especially in the beginning, you know, you're, it, was my, it was my right knee and so I'm not allowed to drive. Um, you know, I, it was, I had to, we had to move, she had to move a bed for me into the living room. So, cause I couldn't go upstairs, um, at first, um, you know, she, she was a, she was a huge part of it. Um, and really, you know, uh, I had a couple, I had a couple trainers, one trainer, uh, who's a really close friend of mine. Um, you know, he, he did my rehab. He was, he was the trainer at DC United and, um, you know, he helped, he pushed me, uh, he pushed me, he pushed me to the limit where, uh, you know, you almost pass out that, that type of, that type of push. Um, but you know, with, I always had the understanding that it was, it was for the best, you know, it was, it was, it was for my best interest and, and to come back stronger. Um, and, and not just that, but I, I think also my teammates, um, the owner for DC United, um, was, it was a huge help. You know, he, he was a huge help for me. He, um, you know, had offered to, to take me out to LA to see, uh, another doctor before the surgery, just to make sure that I wanted to go with, um, you know, a, a specific surgeon, uh, to get a, a specific type of graft. Uh, he was very open to, uh, helping me, helping me, you know, throughout the process. Um, and you know, for that, I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative. Obviously I signed a, a new contract in 2020 as well, um, with the club, which is, which is, uh, something that not a lot of people get to do, right. You, you, you tear your ACL and your future is kind of unknown, but you have the backing of your club and, and the support of your club, um, you know, to be able to guarantee you, uh, you know, your, your, really your career for the next three, four years. So that's something that I'm extremely grateful for. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, you definitely can't, you definitely can't go through the process alone. I'll tell you that, uh, that it's a very, it's a very long, uh, and, and, and tough, but at the same time, a very rewarding process, um, and, you know, for that, I'm extremely grateful and I'm extremely grateful today to be able to run um, and, and to be able to touch a ball, all those things. When you get that taken away from you, it, it, it just you just want it back, you know, so fast and you, you can't imagine life without it. Right. So, um, yeah, it was it was a it was a, an amazing, amazing journey. Well, I want to talk about the here and now and talk about your, your call up and how you see yourself slotting in with the men's national team, et cetera. But I do have just one one more on, on that process. What did you think about? Like, what was your motivation? You know, your motivation obviously is to get back and play and this is your livelihood and you want to get back to scoring goals for DC United. You get back on the, on the field for them. You get back with the national team. You score the opener against El Salvador. You're going to Florida next week. So, you know, those sort of things. But like, what, what motivated you? Like, where did you find motivation, especially on the days where it wasn't easy to get out of bed, where it wasn't easy to, to do the rehab, where it wasn't easy to lift the weights and do all that other sort of stuff? What was it like? Like, what, what did you think about? Yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, Darren, I'm a, I'm a fighter, you know, that that's the way that, that when I think about myself, I'm a fighter and you know, the, the willingness and the sacrifice that, that I have had already given in my, in my life and in my career, 
uh, you know, something like this, you can't let this hold you back. Uh, and that was my motivation, you know, every day, like you said, when it got hard, uh, you know, you, you think about, well, you, you know, I, I have two choices. You can either take it easy and, and, you know, possibly not return, or you can go as hard as you can and give everything you have, um, to get back to, to where you want to be. Uh, and for me, I, you know, it wasn't just about the, the soccer part, you know, it was the, the, the battle through the rehab process is, is really, it's all, it's all internal, you know, it's, it's how can you get stronger? How can you get more fit? How can you run faster? How can you run longer? All these things are different are, are things that you don't think about as an athlete, you know, on the field, you're not thinking about that. Um, and the battle, like I said, is just, it's just different. You know, it's just all of a sudden now it's how can I get better than yesterday? And that means in the gym, on the treadmill, uh, running on the field, different things like that. Uh, and you know, I don't shy away from, from the challenge. I didn't shy away from the, uh, from the challenge. And, um, you know, obviously for, for me, I, I, I wouldn't have expected less from myself to, to get through something like this. Um, the way that I did. And, and, but I, but again, I couldn't have done that without, without the support uh, and without the stability of, of, of who I am and, and where I was. How good is the, uh, well, the payoff I, once you're yeah. actually back on scoring the goal and you're back with the U S men's national team, you're gonna be back with your club soon too, but how great is that payoff? It was amazing. Um, you know, unfortunately my, my first game back for DC was the last game of the season. And if we would have looking back on it, if we would have won, we would have been in the playoffs. Um, and I had, I had come in at two, one when we were winning. And, and I think it was around the 69th minute. And, uh, I remember just being so nervous, uh, about to get on the field. And as I'm waiting for my teammate to get off, I almost like just choke up ready to get on the field. And then once you get in, you're, you know, you're, I was, I was good to go. And, uh, unfortunately we ended up losing the game, which was, which was tough because then at that point the season ended and you almost feel like all of this work, you know, to try and get back this year. Now, now it's gone and now you have to wait until next year. Um, but fortunately we had the national team, um, game and, and, uh, I was able to, to, to start, which was very surprising, uh, surprised myself that, um, you know, the, the coach gave me the confidence and, and I was fit enough and, and confident enough to play um, and then scoring the goal and winning and, and really just having fun playing soccer, right? Like you're just having fun. You know, you're, you're all, you're on the same page with your teammates. That's, it's so rewarding. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it, now you, you know, as a professional, you're, you have, you have to show up every day, even when it's the off season, you have to show up. Um, and, and you know, to this day, I'm, I'm, I'm still showing up, getting better. And, and hopefully, um, you know, I'll be able to prove that in, in the next national team camp and in, in the next year coming up. All right. Well, that is uh, coming up here rather quickly and, you know, we'll have some national team matches. Everybody I think understands there's a lot happening here with the U S men's national team. It's not just the senior club and world cup qualifying. There's the gold club. Uh, there's uh, CONCACAF. You know, there, there's a lot happening here. How do you see yourself, fitting in right now with, with the national team, because it seems like there's an awful lot of players. There's an awful lot of spots too, but uh, what is, what are your objectives here? What are your goals heading into, into Bradenton, into Florida next week? Yeah. My goals are obviously to, to continue to be 
uh, you know, part of the core core group of players um, that that are that our coaching staff and and that our nation can count on. Uh, you know, that that's that's a huge thing. And, uh, you know, anytime you get the call up, you you have to be ready to go. Um, and I think even now with uh, all these amazing young players who are breaking through uh, in Europe and MLS, um, you know, that's that's even more motivation. You know, if that doesn't excite uh, players like, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'll say that I'm old, I'm 25 years <laughs> old, but players that have been around, um, you know, th that that's exciting. That's great. And, and I think that's only going to uh, improve the quality uh, of other players as well. Um, and I don't know, I don't know where I, you know, I don't know, obviously I can't choose where I fit in uh, to the national team for, for this year or, or the years to come. But the only thing I can do is, is continue to play well and, show why I deserve to be a part of the national team and, uh, you know, obviously be, be there for, for my teammates, uh, and, and win games for, for this country. So it's going to be a really busy 2021, not just for you, but for the U S men's national team as well. Darren mentioned them. You have friendlies coming up. You have, uh, uh that coming up February one CONCACAF nations league. It's the first time potentially it's just two matches potentially, but it's a, an opportunity. You could see Mexico in a final for a trophy, Gold Cup, again, you could potentially see Mexico uh, for a trophy. It's a busy, busy schedule. And then by the end of the year, you're into World Cup qualifiers. How is this team built for it? It's a lot. It's even more than normally uh, you would be asked. But you have some things carried over from 2020 thanks to scheduling. How's the team built for such a busy 2021? Yeah, I think, I think that's where the coaching staff has done an amazing job. Uh, when you look at how many players have made their senior debut under Greg, and the opportunity that the young guys have, have gotten over the past couple of years. Um, you know, I, I think especially the way that Greg uh, likes to play in a, in a certain type of system, um, you know, it, it, allow, it allows a lot of players to be able to be interchangeable and to be able to come in and make an impact. Um, and, you know, he, he said it multiple times before, you know, we're, we as a country, we're going to have to lean on a lot of players. And a lot of different players, um, you know, whether that's World Cup qualifying, Nations League, um, you know, Olympic qualifying, Gold Cup. I mean, there's there's so many different games that you know, if, I I don't even know if one one player could could feature in all you know all of them. It's it's you know it's 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 going to be something that we have to really trust the process. Um, and I certainly trust the process. Uh, I believe in in what we're doing. Uh, and I believe that, that the way that we're set up to play, um, you know, fans can have a lot of confidence that it doesn't matter who's on the field. Uh, you know, if, if we know what we're doing, we can win games. Uh, and I think that that's something that I certainly have never experienced in a, on a national team. Uh, and, and that's a lot of, that's a lot of credit to, to the coaching staff and, and the way that they've built this, uh, culture and environment for, you know, over the past couple of years. We're recording on a, uh, I think it's a Wednesday already today. Zach Steffen has featured for Manchester city clean sheet against Manchester United. Weston McKinney, I think scored a goal for Juventus and a, a really important Serie A match. Jordan, I'm sure could tell us all about Christian Pulisic. <laughs> Serginho Dest played today for Barca. Uh, you know, this is like, it's an exciting amount of talent. How exciting is it on the inside? Just not only the European guys, you know, cause I, I, I you know, sometimes we forget, that we've got a lot of really, really good players who are playing domestically as well. But, you know, how, how exciting is it just as you look around now, you've been associated with U.S. soccer since, you know, you, you were in puberty. 
how, how exciting is it the level of, of talent that you look around and see? It's extremely exciting. Uh, it's extremely exciting to see players grow. You know, it's extremely exciting to see uh, guys that are young, young American players that are getting these opportunities. I mean, you're looking at, you know, young players like Brian Reynolds potentially being sold, um, you know, for, for, for millions of dollars. And I, and I think now it's the floodgates have finally opened um, for, for Americans to be able to go over to Europe and, and, and really be respected. Uh, and, and that's credit to, uh, you know, the players uh, and the way that they performed. You look at Weston and being able to go from Schalke to, to Juventus and, and be able to be a, a key player for them, um, for one of the best teams in the world. And you look at Christian Pulisic and, uh, you know, even at Dortmund and now at Chelsea and, and being able and Zach Stel. I mean, you can name, like you said, uh, Serginio Des, you can name all of these American players that are, that are able to, to break through that are really paving the way for a lot of young players, um, probably without even realizing realizing that, that what they're doing has a major impact on the way that clubs and the way that the world views, uh, you know, American soccer and MLS soccer and our national team. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's great. That's, I think that's what everyone has been wanting, uh, for, for years. And, and I think for us, it's, it's going to be exciting, um, to be able to finally, uh, you know, hopefully in March or nations league to be able to finally get everyone together, uh, and, and, and to really show what a strong squad and, and how much depth we, tr- we truly have right now. Can I just ask oh. a quick question here, Jordan? I'm sorry to cut you off. I know it's, it's your, does it make Jordan a bad American that Chelsea played Manchester city last week and he wanted, and Jordan's a Chelsea supporter and he wanted Zach Steffen to be humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be torn, right? I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine all of us as well that play with both of them. It, it's, a, it's a tough, you almost just have to enjoy the soccer aspect of it. <laughs> Um, of all those ga- of all those guys that we just listed off, um, who gives you like wow moments? You get to see these guys in practice. We see them in matches. We see them for ninety minutes. You get to see them uh, much more than we do. Like, ha- has there been moments in practice where one of these guys they they do something? You're like, damn, like wow, this is like this is a different level here with this squad. Yeah, I think you know off the bat, I've I've grown up with Zach uh, being a part of the youth national teams forever, um, and he's always been he's always been a wow. You know, he, he's always been a wild, just, just the way that he is, the goalie, the car- the way he carries himself, um, you know, especially over the past couple of years, the way that he's able to play with his feet and play out um, and have the confidence to do that. It's, you know, he's obviously at Man City for, for all those reasons. Um, Serginio Des is, is, is just a, a technical freak. You know, he's just, he's just amazing. You know, he, he's just so good. Uh, with the ball so calm can do random things I mean you see it in games as well when he's snaking guys and hitting step overs and doing all these things Um, but for me always always I think will be Christian Pulisic Uh, the way that he I've always I mean I I, I've seen him um, you know back in I guess it would be 2017 um, you know for for World Cup qualifying and when he first started to kind of burst on and uh, you know, he's only gotten better and he can change a game at any moment. Uh, his speed is, is unbelievable. Um, his, his choices are unbelievable. The way that he's able to make decisions in, in quick moments and he's able to gl- glide by players. I mean, those are things that, um, 
you know, when you're, when you're playing the same position as him or similar position to him, you're looking at him like, how are you doing this? Uh, and, and for me that, you know, that's something, that's something special. And that's something that, that I'm not even sure if you can really truly teach that. Um, and so, yeah, for, for me, he's, he'll always be the, the wild type player that, that, you know, can always give you the, the unexpected. I, uh, we know that we are taking up lots of your time and we know that you have a very uh, important event coming up here in a little bit. Do, do you have a quick favorite Wayne Rooney story that you would be willing to share with us? Oh man. Oh, uh, appropriate one. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <it's your> call. <laughs> I, uh, I would probably say my, my favorite, my favorite moment with, with Wayne was, um, it was the night he had just scored his first goal for DC United. Uh, it was against Colorado Rapids against Tim Howard. Uh, he had broken his nose, I think late in the game. And, um, afterward, a couple of the guys, um, and our ladies, we had went out, we had went out to a bar. Um, and one of my teammates got a text from one of our coordinators saying, Hey, uh, Wayne is going to show up to the bar. Um, if that's all right with you guys. And we said, yeah, of course. So he said, okay, well, he doesn't have his ID. (laughs) They said, can you go out to the front just to help him get through? And, uh, by the time my buddy and I got out to the front, he was already being escorted in by, uh, by the owner of the, of the bar. And it was a packed bar. We went all the way up to the top. They ended up gating off a spot for us, like as a team ended up getting off a spot uh, so that he can stand there in peace while people were just taking pictures left of right, left and right of him, not even with him, just of him while he was at this bar, he was still oozing blood out of his nose because he had <laughs> open his nose. Uh, and after, and after the, after the bar was about to close, he had asked us if we wanted to stay longer. Mm. And we said, well, yeah, but they close at, you know, 2 AM and he said yeah no worries i'll talk to the owner so he talked to the owner and as everybody left the owner brought up his computer and wayne started to play mumford and sons upstairs just and we just listened to there was a one bartender and we just hung out and listened to uh (laughs) listen listen to uh, mumford and sons and we all (laughs) how great every single mumford and sons uh song was (laughs) <laughs> my favorite part of that is that he forgot his id like you might have to go help wayne rooney get into the bar yep that was definitely that was definitely uh that's definitely a, a memorable night are you with, a uh, with, San, blood? Are you, with blood are you uh we know that you're a proud san diegan uh you love you love the chargers until they left the padres are you a san diego loyal fan yes i am i am uh i i watched many of their games um i guess it'd be last year uh especially especially with the guys that i know rubio rubin you know alejandro guido was there for a little while um uh jordan chavez who's a, a modern day um alumni who who was part of the squad um and a lot of those guys you know a lot of a lot of those guys have, have been around uh mls and usl for a while um but yeah i definitely am I definitely am. I, I even asked my mom if uh, she should get some season tickets for uh, the year coming up. So we'll see. Good. Well, we'd love to see Dawn there. She's been a big supporter of this podcast, which we appreciate. <laughs> definitely. <laughs>
Uh, Paul, we do appreciate it. We'll let you get to your uh, big event here in San Diego a little bit later on. Um, congrats to you. It, it's not easy what, what, you had to, what you had to overcome, what you did overcome, and for you to be able to already see some, some of the benefits. It's, it's, we've always been rooting for you, and you make it easy to root for you. So continued success, my man. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciated the time, uh, and, and thank you for having me on. Always. Our pleasure. Thanks, bud. All right. Really good stuff. Paul Ariola as he gets ready to head off to Florida for the next month, a really long camp coming up for the U S men's national team, Darren. Yeah. And, and a couple of different squads called in as well, because you, you have a senior team that's heading down there, obviously, you know, the domestic players, uh, a handful of international players, but you also have an Olympic squad heading down there. So it's going to be such a busy calendar that there's definitely going to be room for everybody. And, you know, it's funny because he, he said it, he's like, guys, I sort of feel old at 25, which makes us feel old because we've known Paul for how long, like we've known him since he was a teenager. So, you know, from that standpoint, and he's been part of us soccer forever. You know, I remember the final with him and Zach Steffen, uh, I believe went to a penalty kick shootout. It was the under 17s or under 19s. I want to say world cup watching in the middle of the night, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of history there for Paul. He's, he's, you know, he's been a terrific player and certainly great to, to, for people here in San Diego to support. But, yeah, watching these rosters, man, it's just like more and more names, more names, more names. So competition's a good thing, right? Like, like all athletes will tell you competition's a really good thing. And certainly in recent memory, Jordan, the competition has never been better for us soccer at so many different levels, you, you might have players who are, who are featuring on a regular basis in Europe who are going to occupy Olympic spots just because we have the combination of talent and youth here in the U S soccer structure. Now, what it looks like with the senior club, senior team, excuse me, like, you know, that's, that has to be figured out. You know, everybody's got to sort of figure that stuff out, but just in terms of, of having, you know, the raw talent here, you know, this, this is something to be excited about. Yeah, no question. It sounds a little raw, raw, um, but I really do feel this. Any success that we want in 2022 with the U.S. men's national team has to start in 2021. We're into the new year. It's an extremely busy calendar year. Thanks to what happened in 2020, there's tournaments being carried over. If w- any success we want, every, every positive we want in 2022 – we have to get things done this year. Like we have to set ourselves up for that success. Um, it's going to be busy. One thing that I'm really paying attention to this year that I think could be really fun, um, especially for us in San Diego, I think we really get an opportunity in 2021 for the U.S.-Mexico rivalry to kind of heat itself back up uh, just because you are playing each other so often. So you get uh, Gold Cup, which you do have the opportunity of Mexico and the U.S. I think it's Group A and Group B potentially. I think that's what they are. If they both win their groups – they're set up to play each other in what would be the gold cup final. They could be playing for a trophy there. Uh, CONCACAF nations league. There's only four teams playing uh, the U S um, I believe they play Honduras in the first one. I may have that wrong, but I think it's Honduras. If they win that game. They're going to play. Uh, I believe it's the winner of Mexico, Costa Rica. So they could play Mexico for a couple trophies this year. So that's something I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, there is potential. We'll see if they're actually playing each other for trophies, but there is potential that they could be playing each other a couple times for some silverware. I like that. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I think we've talked a lot about rivalries here on this podcast, whether it's the clubs that we support or the clubs that we've been associated with here with SD loyal, 
and certainly national team fits into that as well. I won't go as far as to suggest what Fox sports suggests, which is just the best international rivalry in the world. No, in the region, you know, certainly in the region. Uh, I think that we all would agree, even though you see that snarky commentary coming from fans of LP every once in a while that wait a second here, we're not even paying attention to the U S we're paying attention to Costa Rica. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's fine. But you know, that said, I, you know, I, I think you're a thousand percent right. You know, to see, even in a little bit of a diluted world cup qualifying cycle here where, you know, most teams are, are going to make it anyway, then, you know, to have that sort of, you know, to have that back and forth to bounce back is, is going to be something to watch how this team, how, how we as a soccer nation go ahead and do it because, you know, it's not just about proving it out there on the field. It's about trying to get people back up and interested again, with soccer in this country, men's soccer in this country, the passion for women's soccer clearly exists to the point where the men have become just the butt of the joke. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, picking themselves up and trying to figure this thing out is, is going to be something worth watching here in 2021. So super stoked about that. Yeah, really exciting group to pay attention to this year. So got to give thanks once again to Paul Ariola for joining us on the Unnamed Soccer Podcast once again. I have no many, no idea how many times he's actually joined the podcast over the years, but it has been several. He actually might be one of our most frequent guests. So uh, I would say so. And also, let me just uh, – I didn't mean to throw you under the bus there uh, and, and you know, take uh, uh, our WhatsApp conversation and turn it up. Jordan did jokingly say that he was rooting for Christian Pulisic, the American – to put a couple of goals past Zach Steffen, the American. But I think we all understand when Barca played Juve, I, I wasn't I wasn't looking for a Weston McKenney highlight goal, even though that's exactly what happened. So yes, I, I <laughs> Jordan wasn't actually actively rooting against Zach Steffen, but you know, you gotta make tough choices in life. Yeah, I requested five goals from Polistic against Steffen. And uh, Chelsea got one. Pulisic got zero. City got three. So good for them. Um, and how about yeah. him today? I, I mean, today recording on a Wednesday, uh, a clean sheet against United in uh, the the Carabao Cup. Right. The Energy Drink Cup. It will come down to City and Tottenham Hotspur. As Tottenham. Hotspur look for their first trophy since two thousand and eight. Eight. I don't know. Two thousand eight. Yep. All You're right. right about there that. Is. And Jose is is. He feels like they got the right makeup for it. And that final, which is what in April. Yeah. They have to uh, sit on it for a while, man. You got like getting out a lot of Champions soccer League in that league. League. <laughs> God, you play so much. You got Carabao it's, cup and the FA cup this weekend. It's the time of the year, man. This is the time where they got to play. Chelsea just played like on a Saturday and then on a Monday. I do not understand why that was even a possibility, but it was, they went Saturday, Monday and, Lampard's in trouble because of it. Um, what do you, anything we need to get to on the way out? We have a Bundesliga report to get to from Tim Stoops. We can get to that now, or you can just make fun of Chelsea and Frank Lampard for the next couple of minutes. I'm not going to make fun of uh, Frank Lampard. I sent Jordan a story though, that I hope you read about Frank Lampard from the guardian. Uh, I've got, I did, I did read that. Did you see the story from the athletic about his job being in serious jeopardy? I did not. Very interesting. ESPN hours later. Uh, put out their own story saying that is false. His job oh. is not in jeopardy. Um, I will give you a quick thought on Chelsea because I do have one. They have a couple easier matchups coming up. Easier. We'll see what that actually means. Um, you normally would see that as a good thing. Here's a chance to get right, get a couple points. 
I, yeah, as much as I agree with that, yes, I think uh, Chelsea have some opportunities to get some points coming up and fix some things and kind of quiet down the uh, the Lampard haters. It also sets up the opportunity if you drop points against the clubs that you're playing in the next couple of matches, he could be in some serious trouble. So that's what I'm watching yeah. for the next couple. Uh, I think Fulham's on their schedule. I mean, if you lose the Fulham at this point after everything that's happened, then I thought he would survive. I think he will survive the year. Um, I was not expecting that story from the athletic that his job is in like serious, serious jeopardy. That surprised me. So that's my thought on Chelsea, Darren. Okay. Well, uh, uh, potential replacement that you can scratch off the list. I think one of the bigger stories this week has been uh, Maurizio Pochettino official with PSG now refusing to answer questions about the potential of Lionel Messi joining Paris Saint-Germain next year. So just something to pay attention to. That's a good hire. You got to take that job. I know, you know, you got to get paid. You got to give it a run. If you end up getting sacked there, what difference does it make? Everybody gets sacked from PSG, but I don't know how United fans feel about this. I, I don't know that they are or aren't with all the goal gunner souls. I don't know where they are today with that, but overall top of the table to me would indicate that there's probably some satisfaction. And also I think more locally, uh, former galaxy player, Greg, Vanny ended up becoming the head coach for the galaxy, putting to rest any even tiny, slight little rumors out there that Landon Donovan would become the next head man for the LA galaxy. Oh. All right. So that is done. Galaxy have their man for the time being. For now. Yes. I believe this guy, if I read a little bit about him, he was on the original roster for the LA galaxy back in the mid nineties. I don't know much about him. I know he's been around. He's been a coach. Uh, Greg Vanny, but I, I don't, all I cared about was, I think, I think like is Landon actually interested in this? And now it really doesn't matter because they found their guy and Landon 2021 with Paul Ariola's favorite squad, San Diego loyal. Yeah. Really good there. Good. Uh, way I, to sneak in the loyal question with that. I'm glad season ticket holder, potentially Paul Ariola. Hey, uh, you know, you guys at loyal, I'm just making it happen for you here. Just selling tickets on this podcast. <laughs> hey, that's what the podcast is all about. Um, Darren, we have to get to a Bundesliga report. Our man Tim Stoops is checking back in, and he is checking in for the first time, actually, in 2021. Um, we go out to Missoula, Montana, as you would for a Bundesliga update. Darren Jordan feeling duck. Here is your Bundesliga report. Question eins. Is Bayern still in first? Yes, Bayern beat Mainz today 5-2 after being behind nothing to two at halftime. They've now conceded the first goal in eight consecutive matches and somehow not lost any of them. So maybe it would be a bold strategy, Cotton, to let Bayern score first and then see if it pays off. Questions by What did American Dream Gio Reyna do for Borussia Dortmund? Well, he had no impact really on Dortmund's 2 to nothing win today over Wolfsburg, but that's okay. Going into the winter break, he had scored twice in some matches and looked really good, so maybe he'll uh, get back to form in the next match. Question dry. What did other Americans do in the Bundesliga? Well, the really thing we can only talk about is Matthew Hopp got a yellow card and Schalke's loss to Hertha Berlin. And lastly... The Torjegerkanon tracker, which maybe just needs to be renamed, is Robert Lewandowski still in the lead for the Torjegerkanon? Yes, he is. He's got 19 goals now. If he doesn't get hurt and stays healthy, he's going to win this and maybe even break the scoring record for the Bundesliga in one season. So let's see if that happens. 
That's all for this week. Auf Wiedersehen. There he is, Tim Stoops. You got to go to Missoula, Montana, if you want the update from Germany, Darren. Been uh, right? texting a lot with Tim Stoops. Yeah, Missoula, Montana. Absolutely right. He's the uh, he's the president of the Borussia Dortmund supporters group in Missoula. Yes. Well, there he is with the Bundesliga update and the Bundesliga report. Um, anything happening with your Barca squad that we need to know about, Darren? Well, a presidential election coming up at the end of the month. That's what everybody's waiting for. I mean, yes, they beat uh, Athletic Club today in uh, Bilbao. Uh, Messi looked terrific. They've got a blossoming young player, Pedri, who's 17, 18 years old. Uh, Luis Suarez is leading the Pachichi. He's the leading goal scorer in La Liga right now for Atletico Madrid, which got bounced out of the Copa del Rey today by a third division squad. Third division squad. Yeah, true. But Whoa. still ahead, top of the table, a couple of matches in hand. But uh, Barca just not, not great. And in a holding pattern until they find a new president, because then certain presidents have promised that uh, you know, Jordi Cruyff, Johan Cruyff's son would be the sporting director and Chavi would come back and be the manager, which everybody's like, Oh wow, this is super exciting. So, you know, until a new president is elected here at the end of the month, it's, it's just, it's status quo. It is what it is. They're not very good. All right. Well, neither are Chelsea. So it's all right. <laughs> it's, it's the not you. very good supporter podcast. No, at least we have loyal. They don't let us down. They never um, let us and- down. And Paul did not let us down today. He was brilliant. Very good stuff from Paul Ariola. So we'll, uh, uh, we look forward to seeing him back on the field with the U S men's national team. Once again, scoring goals here later this month in Florida, as they get their camp going, they're going to get under 23 players. That's the way that's going. I don't know if you know how it's like currently set up. You get 12 players who are all 24 years old and older right now. Um, and then they're going to be joined by the under 23s for a couple, couple weeks, as you mentioned, as the Olympic squad comes in. So, uh, you get the 24 and older crew, and then you get the under 23 crew for a couple of weeks. So it should be a fun time in Florida. Looking forward to it. Uh, always excited. I think first match coming up February 1st, if I'm not mistaken. Did you think that that was last year when we were down there in Chula Vista, or did you know that that was two years ago? When you were saying it, I'm like, yeah, totally. That's how we kicked off 2020. So much has happened since. Like, how could that not be 2020? That was 2019, huh? You know, I think we were at 1090 now that I really think. Yeah, that's that's the giveaway. We were with the Bulldog, Joe Titino, speaking to the LA Galaxy. So now that I think about the pieces that were there, I do remember that we were there with with other people from 1090. So that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Listen, hey, my timeline is it's fucked up, man. I don't have a timeline anymore. Thanks to 2020. So I (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. No, it's, it's just a, a, it's all just one big long day. (laughs) It really is. All right, Darren. um, We want to give thanks to Paul. We got to give our thanks to Tim Stoops as well. It was great to see you, to catch up with you, to hear about the Barca update. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll chat with, you brought up Landon Donovan. I would love to chat with LD very, very soon. So maybe we'll have a chance to catch up, talk about all the new signings with San Diego loyal. And as we get a, even closer to their season already kicking off as weird as that sounds. They're actually relatively pretty close to the next season kicking off. So looking forward to that. Hopefully checking in with LD soon. I like it. Did I tell you that uh, Philip Coutinho's out till April? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, you, you failed to mention that. 
Know. Maybe yeah. uh, is Luis Suarez available? You can bring him back. Well, it's funny, you know, so the manager of the club goes on whining about how they need a proper number nine. It's like, well, why the fuck did you guys run Suarez out of here? Because <laughs> like, they hate yeah, Messi. That just doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense, Jordan. None of it makes any sense whatsoever. It does. But I did. It did you watch not. any of the, uh, the Messi interview? Which one? Uh, he gave a, an interview, a very, very rare interview to a Spanish outlet. And they put it on television. They put it on NBC Sportsnet here. This isn't the one where he's walking into the car or anything, right? Where he was like bombarded by reporters. No, is this no, a one-on-one no, no. sit-down? Like one-on-one on sit-down. This is where oh, you wow. might have seen the clip where he says, uh, totally unprovoked. He was not asked about playing in the U.S. And he does say, "I'd, I'd love to play in the U.S. someday." Everybody's like, hmm. "Sort of where? Where did that come from?" But he was just talking about his future, how difficult it's been, about how the previous president was a two-faced liar and stabbed them in the back over and over again. And, you know, it, it, it was really – you just don't see messy like this on this level. So I recommend mm-hmm. it. You don't have to be a Barca fan to appreciate it. It was just him, very raw, very honest, talking about life, family, pandemic, national team, Diego Maradona, his own future – he said he was not going to leave during this window, which just opened up. He said he's absolutely all in on Barca till at least the end of the year, which is good enough. You know, I think it's is, is good enough and all that can be expected. Um, you know, and that he didn't want to go to court with Barca. That's why he's still there. So, and that he loves it. He still wants to be there, live there, retire there. He's, you know, it's just, like I said, it was him in a way that you don't ever really get a chance to see. Hmm. Lionel Messi in USL. He was talking about USL, right? He's not talking about Major League Soccer. Oh, he's talking about USL for sure. MLS is so. What I don't even I don't even know what that is. Yeah, what are you talking about? Sorry, Paul. Don't listen to this part. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lionel Messi, forty years old, coming to the states. I look forward to it. I look forward to it, Darren. Um, I will. I will chat with you soon. We got to give our thanks to three punk ales and to the sport clips. I believe we got to it all. And um, again, our shout outs to Tim Stoops and to Paul Ariola. Peace. Great podcast. Talk to you soon.